What is up, guys? This is the Fantasy Football Geniuses podcast hosted by yours, the professor, and my co-host, the scientist. Big shout out to No Hat Sports for putting us on. And of course, Brew Mats. It puts the brew in the mat. So last episode, we went over the first round, looked at all the good offensive players that went, talked about some fantasy implications. Today, we're going to finish going through the second and third rounds, maybe a little bit into the fourth and we're going to give you an ultimate sleeper from round five or later. So we're going to jump right into this. Starting at the top of round two, our first guy off the board was Elijah Moore. So what do you think about that, scientist? Yeah, the first uh, first receiver of the New York Jets' new coaching staff is Elijah Moore. He's going to – you know, Elijah Moore was one of my favorite guys in this draft. I had him ranked at wide receiver three right behind Chase and Bateman pre-draft. And uh, I think I still have him there. I know he's definitely in my top five. But I think he's automatically the best receiver on the Jets. I think he's better than, than Davis and Mims. And he should become Zach Wilson's favorite target. They can move him in the slot. They can move him outside. And this guy's a beast, you know. A lot of people don't realize that Elijah Moore actually averaged more yards per game than Devontae Smith did during his Heisman season. And they were playing the same competition in the SEC. So I love this pick by the Jets. Huge steal in the second round. Yeah, I got to agree with that. I mean, we had him mocked somewhere in the 20s. Uh, I'm definitely surprised he slid into the second. But – I really like him for fantasy. This is an entirely new team, new coach, new quarterback, new running back, bolster up that offensive line, and now a new wide receiver one. Yes, the Jets have a bad culture, but we're going into a new Jets era, and I think this guy could definitely be the wide receiver one for that new era. Uh, If everything works out, this could be a massive boom player. So I think if you could take this guy – in the second round of a rookie draft or, you know, this could be a great value player. So definitely go after him. Love this guy. For sure. Uh, After that, we got the Broncos trade up and snipe the Dolphins here. The Broncos take Javante Williams, their running back of the future. And I love this guy. A lot of people had him as their RB three. I had him as my RB two actually. And, uh, you know, he's super elusive. He's not the fastest guy, but he's he's one of the best tackle breakers I've ever seen coming out of college. And PFF had him graded as the highest college running back last season. So this could be a great pick for the Broncos. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up cutting or trading Melvin Gordon before the season. Regardless, you know, I've seen Javante going late, late first, early second in rookie drafts, and I feel like that's a steal right there. I mean, yeah, definitely. If you could get a running back that is uh, just a workhorse, then that automatically has peak value. Uh, I think this is going to be good for that team. Weapons they already have, tons of receiver talent. They got a great tight end. And there's uh, Aaron Rodgers kind of floating around. He may get traded to Browns. Probably not going to happen. But there's just a lot of potential floating around this pick. Uh, sure. So yeah, in the second round, like you said, that is a ridiculous steal. Uh, especially if Aaron Rodgers ends up going there, 
I feel like you could see him going maybe late first, maybe like six, seven, maybe as high as that. But yeah, yeah. even right now, as a this is uh, this is a great pick for him. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about the possibility of Rodgers going there, which which I think is there's a real chance that happens because I really doubt he plays for the Packers again at this point. Moving on from that was pick thirty five. Moving on, next uh, fantasy relevant player off the board is Rondale Moore to the Cardinals at 49. Uh, Rondale Moore was an absolute menace as a freshman at Purdue. And, you know, many people are like, oh, he played at Purdue. You know, they're not playing great defenses. That's wrong. They play against Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State every year. Rondale Moore had 2,000 all-purpose yards as an 18-year-old in that conference. This guy's a beast. However, he only played seven games over, over his sophomore and junior seasons combined due to injury and COVID. So he's kind of, kind of being slept on right now. And many people are referring to him as the Ant-Man because he comes in at 5'7". But make, make no mistake about it, although he is little, he is quite powerful. This guy's a tackle-breaking machine. He's got the speed. If anyone's going to be the next uh, Tyreek Hill, it's Rondale Moore. Yeah, and I think one thing that you definitely got to note, he's small, but Devontae Smith. This guy can squat over 600 pounds. He's not going down easily. The problem is he is so short. Uh, so if you could get the ball to him, he's going to do amazing things. If you go and watch anything he's done, if he has the ball in his hands, he's making guys look stupid. So in that offense, there's a lot of weapons. He could find his way open. Uh they got to watch A.J. Green, Hopkins, Christian Kirk. I know he's going to find himself maybe not getting a ton of snaps this year, but uh, when he does, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's going to do something. For sure. I like his sit in that offense. I think they're going to figure out how to get the ball in his hands. And I could see them uh, utilizing him as like kind of a third down receiving running back. That would be interesting. Oh, yeah, that would be kind of cool. I didn't even think about that. At 55, the Steelers, it's like Pat Fryermuth, tied in out of Penn State. Um, not much to say about Fryermuth. You know, I don't think he's going to be, you know, too fantasy relevant. I mean, it is possible that he comes in, you know, with a top, top 10 tight end season, but that doesn't really mean anything. He's never going to be one of the elite guys like like a Kelsey or a Waller or a Kittle. He's just simply not athletic enough. Although he is a great blocker, so I do like this addition for the Steelers' O-line as well as Najee Harris. It should help him out a lot. And then moving on to 56, the Seahawks take Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. Kind of a surprise pick here, and I don't really like it. I think they're – several better receivers on the board. And, you know, for fantasy, don't love the landing spot either coming in behind uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So if you can grab Eskridge, you know, in the third round of the dynasty draft, I'm okay with that, but I wouldn't take him any earlier. And then at 57, the Rams take 2-2 Atwell, who weighs less than a sixth grader. So stay away from him. 
No, I pick him up in the fourth round. You can't ignore the draft capital, but I just don't see this guy ever being fantasy relevant. And then finally, we have a good pick here. The Panthers pick up Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver out of LSU. How are you feeling about that pick for the Panthers? Uh, well, one thing to keep in mind is that their coach also coached him in uh, college. So they definitely have a connection there. He knows what he was going after whenever he picked this guy. And, uh, I mean, he's just solid all around. He's just one of those guys. He's got good speed. So with this pick, the Panthers, uh, I mean, they're getting CMC back. They got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, a new quarterback. I think uh, he come in. I don't know if he's going to beat out DJ Moore. Overall, I wouldn't expect massive things from him next future, but short term, I think he's going to be more of a rotational guy. Yeah, he played inside and outside of LSU, so I could see them uh, bumping him into the slot to start his career, uh, kind of replacing Curtis Samuel. I'll be interested to see what he does. I think he's definitely more talented than Robbie Anderson, but he won't jump him on the depth chart immediately. But I love Marshall for fantasy. He's one of the like bigger receivers in this class. I think he's like 6'2", 220. So he does that have that alpha potential that a lot of these smaller guys lack. Moving on, we got a three-pack of quarterbacks here on the 2-3 turn. We got Trask going to the Bucks, Kellen Mond going to the Vikings, and then Davis Mills going to the Texans. Not going to spend too much time talking about these guys, but I do think you know, maybe Trask and Mond could be groomed behind Brady and Cousins for a couple seasons and work their way up to the starting job, but I'm not, you know, I'm not too uh, – focused on them right now. The guy I do want to talk about is Davis Mills for the Texans. With this whole Deshaun Watson fiasco going on, Davis Mills could find himself starting some games in the NFL this season. And you never know. If he's good, you could find yourself a steal in the in the third or fourth round of your rookie draft. So right now I would rank them Mills, Trask, and Mond in that order. Moving on after that, we got our next offensive pick, 77 overall, is Josh Palmer, wide receiver out of Tennessee, to the Chargers. And a lot of people didn't know about this guy coming into the draft because the quarterback at Tennessee last year only threw for 1,100 yards the entire season. Uh, Josh Palmer's a bit underrated. He's coming in at 6'2", 210, and uh, not many people know, but I think I saw a stat on Twitter that was really interesting. It was like on the 14 targets that he saw against um, Pat Sertain, Eric Stokes, and another NFL linebacker, the 14 targets he got against them last season, he caught all 14 of them for like 200 yards and six touchdowns or something like that. So the Chargers might have got themselves a steal right here for sure. Moving on, at one, Dolphins take Hunter Long, tied in out of Boston College. Should just be a solid Gesicki backup. And then at 82, Washington selects Diami Dynamite Brown out of North Carolina. What do you think about that pick? Uh, I think that's a great value pick for him for sure. Uh, 
put him next to Terry McLaurin. I think they just got Curtis Samuel. Uh, overall, I'm really liking what that team is doing. For sure. They, uh, they got the defense. They're, they're one good quarterback away from locking down that division for a while, which is scary to me. Uh, overall, this guy for fantasy, I think this is another stash guy. I don't know uh, short term, but I think in the long run, he could definitely turn into someone pretty good. Yeah, you know, I'm, a, I'm kind of an analytics guy, and Diami is one of the few guys that kind of checked all the boxes for me. Uh, you know, 1,000 yards every season at North Carolina, a good school. He's fast. He's 6'1", 190. He's got good size. So I like Diami a lot. Not the greatest landing spot. It's a little bit of a crowded depth chart, but I, I do think he's more talented than Curtis Samuel, so he should become the number two on this team at some point. Moving on from there, let's see. Panthers take Tommy Trimble, the tight end out of Notre Dame. He's just going to be a, a blocking tight end, probably going to be utilized as more of a fullback, so that is good for McCaffrey. And then the Packers take Amari Rodgers, wide receiver out of Clemson. Not in love with this pick. I still think there are better receivers on the board. And to be honest, Amari Rodgers didn't really do anything at Clemson. But, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers wanted him. Who knows? The <clears throat> Rodgers to Rodgers connection. <laughs> hey, with, with that being said, though, uh, we've seen what Rodgers has done with players like Marquez Valdez, Scantling, uh, and just a ton of mid-tier guys, he can make them look good there. And this pick entirely depends on Aaron Rodgers staying. If he doesn't stay, he's absolutely worthless. If he does stay, he might actually have some significant value. So, yeah, with Colin on this player. Yeah, I would be definitely worried about everyone on Green Bay if Rodgers left. Moving on from there, the Niners pick up they trade up, actually, to get their running back of the future, Trey Sermon. How do you feel about that pick for the 49ers? Uh, well, just looking at their depth chart, they have Raheem Mostert and a ton of bums, and Raheem Mostert can never really stay healthy. Uh, Trey Sermon really someone that pops off the page whenever you look at what he did in college. He's not super fast, but I think he's going to get some decent volume just because of the way that uh, – the Niners like to run their offense. They have a heavy run game. And I think day one, he's the second best guy there, and I feel like Raheem Mostert will inevitably go down. So I think it's a pretty good value pick for him right there. For sure. Uh, I don't mind the pick. You know, I had Sermon as my RB4, which is where he got drafted, just because I felt like he was one of the only guys in this class that had, like, the workhorse size, one of the only guys I could realistically see getting over like 250 touches in a season. So if the 49ers do decide to like stop utilizing the committee, like it seems they always have, Sermon could be great here. We just need him to stay healthy so we can figure that out. I do like him in fantasy as like a mid-second round pick, but I wouldn't reach on him in the late first or early second. Moving on from there, right after that pick, Texans select Nico Collins out of Michigan. And Nico is one of my favorite sleepers in this class. I wasn't actually expecting him to get drafted this early. 
This is great for him. He's uh, one of the only guys with alpha size, 6'4", 215, runs a 4'4", 540, and breakout age 19 and a half, pretty good. Played at Michigan, so that's, that's solid. So we, I like this spot a lot for him, even with the uh, quarterback controversy there in Houston. He walks right into an open depth chart. Really the only receiver that I can name on that team is Brandon Cook. So Collins could immediately be the number two. And with his size and speed combination, you know, he could, he could turn into a superstar. I'm planting my flag on Collins as like one of the guys with the highest potential in this class for sure. Moving on after that, the yeah. Browns select Anthony Schwartz. Mm. What do you think about that pick? Uh, as an Auburn fan, I'd love to see him get drafted this early, but I feel like this was kind of a reach. I don't even think Anthony Schwartz was the best player on Auburn. Uh, I think that would have to go to Seth Williams, who was drafted in the sixth or seventh. Uh, Anthony Schwartz is extremely fast, though, so he'll at least be good for special teams. Uh, overall, though, I don't really see him doing too much in the offense. They got Odell. They got Jarvis. They got their run game. And unless they're looking to him as a sole deep threat, I, I don't know. I just uh, not really in love with this pick this early. Yeah, I agree. He's one of those guys that's going to be much red, much better in, in real life football than fantasy. Like Tutu Atwell, they just brought him in to stretch the field and open up the run game, which I love. So a good real-life pick for the Browns, but nothing that we want to, you know, invest in for fantasy. And then moving on for that, after that one, we got the Chargers taking Trey McKitty, tight end out of Georgia. And listen, guys, Trey McKitty is a bum. Don't even consider getting him on your team. The analytics are terrible. The film is terrible. The guy had like 200 yards in his entire college career. I don't know why they drafted him. Stay away from McKitty. So that wraps up the third round. There's a couple guys to touch on here in the top of the fourth round. And the first of, that, first of them being uh, the New York Jets select their likely starting running back, Michael Carter, out of North Carolina. What do you think about this pick for the Jets? Are you intrigued in Michael Carter for fantasy? Uh, I am. I think, uh, as I said, this is a whole new Jets, and this isn't the only Michael Carr they drafted, so mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Anyway, uh, he's drawing comparisons to Devontae Freeman. That is somewhat ambitious, but you look at everyone else in this draft, no one is really – I mean, outside of first-round guys and uh, Devontae. I think he has probably one of the highest ceilings just because he's going to go into that situation, he's, uh, he's immediately better than Tevin Coleman. I think he that start. And, uh, I mean, he's just all around a pretty good guy. I, I think uh, if you pick this up in a rookie draft in a dynasty, he could fall as late as the third round. And for the value that he could put for you, you would have to take him. Like, I would even take him mid to late second. For sure. Yeah, I grabbed him early third in our last draft, and I was really happy with that. I mean, you know, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy. But you look at his college production, and he got it done. Last year as a junior, 
1,500 scrimmage yards in 11 games while playing alongside Javante Williams. So obviously a really good running back duo here. And I think Michael Carter is is going to see the lion's share of, of the Jets' running back touches right off the bat. So I'm pretty excited to get him in the third round. And I'd be pretty happy with him mid-second as well. Moving on after that pick, the Titans pick up Des Fitzpatrick, wide receiver out of Louisville that I haven't heard much about, but he does step into a pretty open depth chart behind A.J. Brown, so could be an interesting pickup. And then after that, the Lions take Amon Ra St. Brown, the last guy we're going to talk about today. And I know many people had St. Brown penciled in as like a second or early third round pick, but he ended up falling to the Lions here. And even though he was a fourth-round pick, I think he's probably going to start off as their wide receiver one. So good value here for the Lions. Um, He'll step into the slot. We know Jared Goff likes to target the slot. So I would be a little bit cautious drafting him, you know, in the second round, but I'm fine with it in the third. So that wraps up the draft recap today. And now we're going to go over our flag plants and – our ultra sleeper, which is our guy that we're planting our flag on fifth round pick or later. So I'll let you go first with your flag, flag plants. All right. So I'm going to plant my flag. Devonte Smith will be successful. I feel like there's a lot of speculation about him. He may be good. He may be too small. Hey, I've seen him play. I don't think that kind of talent fails. I love Devonte Smith. After that, I'm going Terrace Marshall. That's more of my long play. I think he can come in by the end of the year, be the wide receiver too, if uh, Sam Darnold happens to work out or if they decide to move on from Sam Darnold down the line. I think that could only do better things for him. Uh, So I'm with Marshall right there. And then I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. As I was saying, uh, he's just all around a beast, super fast. Uh, I think you said he averaged more yards per game in college than uh, Devonta Smith. And uh, he's just going to be the man in the Jets' offense. So those are my three flag plants. And now I'm going to give you my super sleeper. I might butcher this name, but it is my Dallas football Cowboys, Simi Fihoko. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, Michael Gallup is not going to be here long-term. We're not going to hold on to him when we have CD and uh, Amari. Uh, Simi is, I think he's like 6'4". He runs a 4'3'9", and if we could throw him in the slot, he could be a beast. For the fifth round, he probably won't even get taken in a rookie draft. This would be a great stash guy. Throw him on a taxi spot. Let there for a while I don't think he's going to do anything notable next year I would be surprised if he does he might catch like one long breakaway touchdown from Dak outside of that not much but long term I see him stepping in taking over Michael Gallup's role and uh yeah as a sleeper in the fifth round I think he can a lot of value yeah I love his upside you gotta you gotta show some respect to guys that are that big and can run that fast for sure. I mean, just look at Metcalf and Claypool and Waller; they're all dominating right now. So I like that that ultra sleeper for sure. 
Moving on to my flag plants, I got a little bit of an anti-Devante Smith take. And, and all you said is that you think he'll be successful. So, you know, I'm not really going – I'm not really pushing too, too hard against that. My anti-Devante Smith take is that he will never have a top 12 fantasy finish. And I just think his ceiling is a little bit capped at his size. And I don't love the, the QB situation, although that has to get better. So – that's my take for Devontae Smith. If I'm wrong, you know, you can flame me all you want. I'll take it. <laughs> Moving on to my other two flag plants, I got Rashad Bateman being the second best receiver in this class behind Chase. Guy's just a freaking beast. He was amazing in college for Minnesota, and he's going to be the Ravens' number one. Not much else to say about him. Uh, he's going to be a solid receiver for his entire career. No chance this guy busts. And then my third guy, a bit of a later round pick, is Nico Collins, wide receiver out of Michigan. We talked about him earlier. Another size speed freak like Simi. He's 6'4", 215, runs a 4'4", 5, and he's walking into that open Texan step chart. I expect him to take advantage of that situation. This guy is going to be an alpha for sure. And then my ultra sleeper, not many people have heard of this guy, is Big Mike Strachan out of the College of Charleston. He went with the first pick of the seventh round to the Colts. And here's what I like about Big Mike. He's 6'5", 226, runs a 4'5". College Dominator comes in at 54%, which is 97th percentile. This guy freaking dominated in college. His last year in college, in 11 games, he had over 1,300 yards and 19 touchdowns. That is just unheard of production. And uh, I, just, I just think walking into that kind of open depth chart there in Indianapolis where, you know, Michael Pittman is okay. Harris Campbell can't stay healthy. T.Y. Hilton is 40 years old. This guy has a chance to prove himself. And I, I think he's got the skill set to take advantage of it. So those are my four flag plants for the time being. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Fantasy Football Geniuses podcast brought to you by No Hat Sports and sponsored by Brew Mats. It puts the brew in the mat. And we'll see you again next week when we'll be joined by West Coast Wit and Big Mike Flack of No Hat Sports. And we're going to break down a rookie dynasty draft for you guys. So with that, we'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Adios.